Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com. It is a final from Chicago, and the results are good in both of these games. A day-night split doubleheader, and the results 4-2 in Game 1, a Brewers victory. 6-3 here in Game 2, a Brewers victory. And back up to their high watermark of 22 games over 500. And maybe the most important number of all is 7 in the National League Central now over the Cincinnati Reds. That is sweet. Welcome in, everybody. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. You know, rain, it doesn't matter to me, especially when you're playing the Chicago Cubs. And I know the Cubs are in flux here a little bit. I don't care. A sweet, sweet doubleheader sweep over the uh, Chicago Cubs, anytime you can get that, that is just that is just magical. It really is. As uh, many times as they frustrated uh, the Brewers and their fans, and we're all uh, you know getting in a tizzy over you know what Rizzo or Baez or Bryant does. Yeah, you know, this still is kind of sweet to 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 beat up on the Chicago Cubs. So what, maybe I can get used to this in the next. Uh, I don't know next three or four years as they retool or rebuild or whatever they're going to do. But uh, it is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show with our friends at Great Lakes Dragway. There's Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen. And the Brewers now back up to their high watermark, 22 games over 500. And uh, they get it done today. I felt a little bad, uh, certainly, you know, in terms of, of getting, a, getting a good eye on, on Ashby here in game two, that uh, that rain delay kind of took him out of the game a little bit. Uh, an hour and 29-minute rain delay is, is going to do that to the starting pitchers. And they, they neither one returned. And uh, but, but it looked like he was on a little bit. And getting just a better view of Aaron Ashby here, the Brewers' left-handed rookie, uh, that was beat up pretty good by the Chicago Cubs back in June, if you recall, uh, allowing seven runs in that first inning. The Brewers did end up winning that ball game 15-7, 15 unanswered. And I think that 
what changed that is really the game that sort of changed the course of um of not just not just the Chicago Cubs. I think it may have changed the course of the Brewers. But again, in the National League Central with 48 games remaining here in the 21 championship season, the Brewers now have a seven-game lead over the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, the projections are starting to look at uh, the percentages of making the postseason, and some have it as high as in the 90 percentile. Uh, others have a magic number of, I don't even know. I didn't even look that up. There's 48 games left. So I don't know. The magic number is probably, I'm just guessing here, uh, be, to win the division between the Reds losses and Brewers wins. I'm just totally guessing here, throwing it out there, 22, 24, somewhere in there. And then that's all a good thing. So we will get to our game recap in a little bit. We're going to hear from uh, manager Craig Council. And we're also going to, I'm going to give you an apples to apples comparison on at least something to follow Christian Yelich with. And I'm not going to be all negative about Christian Yelich. He's needed on this team. He really is. And, and, and I know there's a, some strong opinions about that, but I found a little bit of an apples to apples comparison. And I want to get your, your thoughts on that as well. Evan, uh, 22 games over 500. They uh, sweep the Cubs in this doubleheader. And and I think now that you look at, you don't want to go too far in advance. As I just said, the percentiles are up there to to make the postseason. But I, I think you, you may look at it in just windows of time. And, and a lot of people will say, well, you just take it one game at a time. Well, sort of tough for us fans to do that. And, and I'll tell you why. You're facing, you know, this week seven games against the Cubs and Pirates, both not good teams. So you, you try and extrapolate what you want to win out of those seven games, considering that it's baseball. You know, anybody, if the starter's on, he can shut you down. The ball can bounce a little funky. Someone could go into a slump. Someone could get hurt, COVID. So you, you, you incorporate all of these things into these seven games. And you sort of set the target at five. I, I think that's, that's a fair target to get in these seven games against the Cubs and Pirates. And that's why the best record in the National League is not uh, really out of, out of reach here for the Brewers here. They, they have a chance to have the best record in baseball this year. They really do. But you look at it now going 2-0 and in your first two. Of these seven, do you change the 5-2 and two goal at all? Not yet. I think you have to wait until we see tomorrow because we don't even know who's starting for the Brewers tomorrow. That could be a big thing. And then kind of have to see how the series winds up. If you split... <clears throat> Two and two against this team, do you feel good about that? Even if you sweep the Pirates and get to that five and two mark, like you said, I don't know. So I feel like it's, I like you said, I don't like going day by day basis, but you might have to. Yeah, you might have to, and and I think the the split at this point would be disappointing in in the four gamer in in Chicago. Now that you've got, you know, you're, you're the best road team in all of baseball. And I, and I think that now that you've taken the first two, just take one of the next two, and I think you'd be fine. You can get greedy if you win tomorrow and maybe win that afternoon game on Thursday. But, 
you know, now that you've, I, I think three or four, and that's why you, you sort of press on and take two or three on the road in Pittsburgh, and there's your five and two. But the Brewers, they're getting it done, and I think the biggest news of all is seven games up in the NL Central. That, to me, is the key right there, and you want to fend off the, the Cincinnati Reds, and you, want to, you, know, you don't want to look over your shoulder too much, but they're right there. I mean, that, well, I shouldn't say they're right there. They were right there. Uh, and, and I don't think you can, you can define it as right there anymore. And not at seven. So we'll see what, you know, the, the uh, Reds lost to the Braves today and the Braves making a little bit of a push themselves. So they've got their hands full right there. Uh, we are live here in the Lakeland University studios with online learning in seven locations throughout the state. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. Brewers win them both today, 4-2 and uh, 6-3. Both seven innings, I you know, again, I, I'm not a huge fan of the, the seven-inning thing. I do like the extra inning rule, but I understand that may go away. The seven-inning thing may go away as well. Not a big fan of, you know, despite COVID and despite, uh, you know, workload and the back and forth from the minors, the extra w- roster spot, I'm still not a big fan of seven-inning baseball. It just reminds me of college. It it just does. It it's got college. It doesn't it doesn't scream big leagues. Hey, we're in the big leagues here. It reminds me of throw my, strikes. My high school where it was you play seven innings or until it got too dark. <laughs> See that that right there. Yeah, we don't want to be in that that position here uh, at the major league baseball level. So I don't know what you guys think of the seven inning doubleheaders, but not not really a big fan of that. We will uh, get to our game recap. A lot to get to, and these these are fun. Anytime you can beat the Chicago Cubs, I mean that that just is a sweet thing. Um, now they did make some moves here, as uh, Blaine Hardy was sent down, as Hunter Strickland was activated, and uh, you do get uh, Jake Cousins uh, back, uh, and and both pitched very well. Uh, in in today's action so we'll get to that in our game recap but let's go back to uh, game one in this one you happen to be uh, working today Uh, here's how it shook out as um, the Brewers get that four to two victory Freddie Peralta on the hill now uh, Christian Yelich did uh, bat leadoff in game two by the way we're going to talk about Christian Yelich as as we move along uh, when the game started, game one, Brewers get a two-out infield single by Escobar, but no runs. Uh, leadoff base hit for the Cubs in the bottom half off Peralta, but after that, he settles in. Neither team scores in the second inning. Each team goes one, two, three. Brewers continued that in the third, going one, two, three into the bottom of the third. Freddie, a lot of trouble in that third inning. A leadoff base hit after a strikeout. Uh, the pitcher failed to bunt right there for a strikeout. He allows another base hit. And then an error on Avi moves the runners uh, to second and third with just the one out. And Freddie into some trouble. Then he hits he hits Contreras to load the bases into more trouble with just the one out. He then gets a strikeout to Hap for the second out. Then a borderline 2-2 pitch to... Uh, Patrick Wisdom, he doesn't get the call. It goes full, and then he ends up walking him, and the Cubs take a one to nothing lead. And 
<laughs> Evan, I'm not sure why Wisdom is staring down Freddie Peralta. Was there something I missed in there? Was he barking or something? I've been trying to figure that out myself. Maybe it's trying to become the new face of the Cubs-Brewers rivalry, but at 29 and as a rookie, I don't see that happening. So I don't know. Maybe he just, we don't know. Maybe Freddie said something to him or maybe it was body language. I don't know. I still don't know why, though. I mean, he may have said swing the bat or something like I, I That doesn't seem like Freddie, but it, there was some sort of beef there with wisdom. But uh, he does walk him. Then he uh, comes back to uh, get uh, Deitman to fly out and just minimize the damage there. But it's one zip Cubs. Remember, two two hits, a hit batter, a walk in that frame, and, and along with that one run, they take that lead into the fourth inning. Keep in mind there's uh, just seven innings here. So yeah, you get to uh, the fourth inning and you're down, you're starting to think, eh, they better pick it up just a little bit. And they did that. It only took one batter, and that was Willie Adamas in the fourth. He's really going to take me out as Adamas goes to right field. And that is going to bounce. Oh, it's into the basket. That's a home run for Adamas. Circle them all. Willie Adamas with a home run to tie it. His 21st right on cue. Come on, television. You got a, a game 90 miles from where you're sitting. I feel bad for B.A. on Valley Sports Wisconsin. With the highlight there, don't you, Evan? You, you could tell at the beginning that he didn't know if it was, you know, you can't get a good grasp off the monitors, really. I think we have to give our TV guys a ton of credit for calling a game that they are watching at the same time that we are. Yep, that's yep. impressive to do that. Now maybe they get a feed that's like five seconds ahead of ours or something, but they still have to relay that to us in in real time, and it's so different. You know, watching a game in person than watching on TV because you can pick up on so many other things. I think we have to give a ton of credit to our TV staff, especially with how big of a revolving door that broadcast has been this season. It's totally. Been... I, I just feel bad for them. I, I really do. And they they want to get into it and be all over it. But, you know, you got to just hesitate just a little bit. and. Ah, uh, that sucks. But 1-1 after the Adamas home run in that uh, fourth inning. So that was big time. Escobar then would double, and Avi Garcia steps up, and one swing later, Brewers have three on the board. Garcia, high drive, deep left center. She's gone. Two-run blast for Avi Garcia. And just like that, the Brewers take the lead. That was a no-doubter by Garcia, number 20 of the year for Avasail. Three-run fourth inning right there. The Adama solo shot, Avi with a two-run bomb. That was a 459-foot bomb uh, from Avi Garcia. Uh, They got the lead three to one, so good. Now you feel a little bit better. Into the bottom of the fourth inning, Freddie Peralta, scoreless frame as he shuts it down. That's always a good thing after you take the lead. Both teams empty in that fifth inning. Freddie just three hits, eight strikeouts in the one run. And the Brewers tack on in the sixth. It was a one-man rally off the bat of Lorenzo Cain. On the other side in June and July, that ball's hit well. 
And that's got a chance, and it's up and out of here. Lorenzo Kane. A little two-strike magic as he goes deep. Two-out home run for Lorenzo Kane makes it four to one, Brewers. And Freddie Peralta back out there in the bottom of the sixth inning into some trouble, too. As the Cubs get to him for a run, a couple of infield singles, an error by Peralta. Luis Urias did not make a play for him, and they get a run uh, as they make it 4-2, to two and, and Council's got to go get him. Uh, box uh, Boxberger in to, to get out of that frame, and, and Brewer's empty in the seventh, and now it's up to Devin Williams. And I don't know, Devin Williams... Um, you know, it's okay to kind of throw a one, two, three inning once in a while, Devin. <laughs> I'm not getting on you because you've been really good in terms of not allowing a bunch of runs, but boy, it's been on thin ice a little bit with Devin. Devin, we like to watch you pitch and including multiple days in a row. Let's get that pitch count to like maybe 12 instead of 22 so yeah. that we can see you in back-to-back days. That would be that would be fun for us and you, Devin. He's into all sorts of trouble. Lead off base hit, followed up by a base hit, putting the tying runs aboard, has to face Wilson Contreras and gets him to pop up the shallow uh, center field. Ian Hampton with a base hit. Now you're you have, you've got the bases loaded. I mean you're looking at one rattled into the corner and the Cubs are gonna walk this thing off. Keep in mind it's bottom of the seventh inning. Wow, just one out for Wisdom. Devin with a huge strikeout to uh, Wisdom for the second out. And with the game on the line, uh, Deitman uh, gets him in the hole 1-2. Both swing and misses uh, on that changeup. Fouls off a ball, fouls off another pitch, and then finally gets him to swing and miss on a high fastball for the victory. And the Brewers take game one of the day-night doubleheader. That ran uh, their their mark to 67 and 44, and uh, they still had a game left here today. We'll get to that in a game recap of Freddie Peralta, five and a third, a couple of runs allowed, Devin Williams with the save, and the Brewers' offense hits three homers in a game one victory. If you guys want to jump in here, we're going to get to uh, Christian Yelich in just a little bit and how to manage him the final 48 games of the 2021 championship season. And the news is good, at least me. I'm not, I'm not going to beat the guy down a little bit. I am frustra- as frustrated as anybody as a Brewer fan with him. He was 0 for 4 in game two. He was leading off, which was sort of interesting. We'll comment on that after the break here. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove after a doubleheader sweep here with the fan. Let's hear what you thought of today's game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on the fan. Call Tim Allen now at 414-799-1250 or tweet the show at 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Yeah, welcome back. Good news in Chicago as the Brewers take both of these games, the first two games of this four-game set, and they're 22 games over 500. Having some fun here in the 2021 championship season as uh, 48 games remain. They're seven up in the Central. And just to button up that first game, guys, 
Avi Garcia, and again, I, I'm not going to complain too much after a sweep of a doubleheader. I'm just going to point out certain things. Okay, you, 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 We all know what happened on Saturday, and that was Avi Garcia with the air, and it cost the Brewers the win and the series over the Giants and, and all that. I don't want to rehash that. But I will say this. You're, you're in the night, well, what's a cl- uh, equivalent to the ninth inning here in a doubleheader, which would be the bottom of the seventh inning in Chicago's Wrigley Field. You're up by two runs. you got base runners all over the place with Devin Williams. And who is on the bench but Jackie Bradley Jr. and, and a Golden Glove? Um, and Avi Garcia is in right, already having an error in the game on top of it. And see, this is, I think, a few little sort of button-up things for Craig Council as he moves along here. Um, you, you talk about matchups a lot, and matchups to me are not solely designated for the guy in the batter's box or the pitcher on the mound. Lefty, righty, righty, lefty. I think it's also about defensive matchups, too. And... To, to throw JBJ out there over Avi Garcia, I don't think anyone is going to argue that it's not an upgrade. It is an upgrade. So I'm just saying. I'm just here to, to point that out. 414-799-1250. Get into our uh, Game 2 recap uh, in just a couple here. And also uh, maybe find a, uh, a parallel conversation about Christian Yelich. He's, he was 0 for 4 today. Now hitting a robust uh, 226. Ouch. Uh, let's let's uh, take a couple of calls here before we get to game two. Let's go to Brian. Brian, you're on the fan. Good evening. Hey, Tim. So, yeah, the second game here, that was a big win, uh, especially after they came back from the break. They weren't exactly throwing their uh, best pitchers out there to complete this game. They kind of piecemealed this thing together. and uh, they did. They got the job done. I mean, it was a little... A little scary there uh, in the last couple innings, but uh, they came through and got it done. They did, and do you expect now you've got two more in Chicago and then three over the weekend in Pittsburgh. Of those five games then, what what would you say would be reasonable and realistic? Well, I mean, I mean obviously you want to try to win as many against teams like this as you can. Um, I would say one loss would probably be what I would be looking for out of the next games here. Four and one, you know, that'd be sweet. That'd give them a six and one on the first seven games of the 10-game road trip. Well, and you have to realize they're going to have some of their better pitchers coming up too, so that's going to certainly help uh, help nail some things down. For sure. Brian, thanks for the call. And speaking of which, uh, we've got some news. There was some, you know, maybe a roster move or maybe a Josh Lindblom sighting or maybe Bettinger is called back up. What are you going to do with tomorrow's start? It was TBA. Well, it's been announced. It's Corbin Burns. It's Corbin Burns to pitch at Wrigley in game three of this four-game set. And that's on regular rest. So that's pretty interesting here as the Brewers – as as a whole, are starting to get guys back off this COVID list. Hunter Strickland and Cousins both uh, activated today, but you got to remember two of their starters are down too, and that's Hauser and Lauer. And so we were we were questioning. You know, you did have Aspie; it's a doubleheader and and things like that. But you were going to need someone additionally anyway. 
So they got Ashby in here to start game two. And then we're wondering, well, you're going to have to go with Bettinger? Who who might it be? Well, we know the answer now. It's Corbin Burns. Last pitched on Friday. That's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's a four-day four rest, and he's back on regular schedule. I wonder if off the sheet here that they will take it in a five-man rotation. There are some off days coming up. So we'll see. Uh, let's get to Todd. Todd, you're next on the fan. What's happening? Holy boys, uh, to me, if I could make a, a, a quick comment and then another comment about uh, about Yelich, if I could. Shoot. I, I think uh, with Avi being left in, that was just like Curtis uh, a few games back. He just had to build his confidence. You know, Curtis, he, he got wiped out and he came back in that second game and was, I think it was for his mental health and he, and he played pretty well. It could well. be. And I think uh, uh, with uh, with the obvious, it's the same. You know, we've all been kind of, I don't know if this is just my total opinion about uh, about Christian. Um, you know, it's like every you look at everything, his swing, his stance, and maybe his stance is a little bit different. But what I noticed today is, is what appeared to me is he looks thinner than he has been. I mean, granted, was he just sick? Yeah, how much weight did he, did he mm-hmm. lose? But this goes back a little bit. You know, it, it, it's you can hide a lot, you know, kind of in a uniform. I remember hearing uh, one of the guys talk about who's the buffest guy in the team. And it was, and one of the guys said he, he was a hater. He goes, he's totally different than he looks in the uniform. And if you watch him, you know, he looks thinner to me. Maybe he's on this, you know, like with, with like Aaron Rodgers and uh, uh, TV 12 there, Tom Brady. You know, they're all in this a little carb diet maybe maybe it's what it is i don't know but he just looks thinner to me interesting all right todd thanks thanks for the call we'll get to that that conversation in a second here but you know yeah covid um i didn't lose too much weight with mine but i'm not you know i'm not monitored or i'm not governed um by by these great nutritionists and and training and you know I, I'm not governed by that obviously I'm, I'd be I'm in jail own. if I was <laughs> right right so I, I mean I lost a little weight during it because I didn't want to eat I couldn't taste anything so it's like pff, could be eating you know grass it wouldn't matter that just all tasted the same so maybe three pounds I lost in the span of a couple of weeks so I you know maybe. Maybe that's uh, – have you noticed that observation, uh, Evan? For me personally, no. <laughs> I Believe it or not, I still – even when I couldn't taste, I still ate food. And – because it was like right around Thanksgiving too and nobody was eating Thanksgiving leftovers. So I was like, all right, I guess I have to, even though I couldn't taste it. I put more vegetables on my plate though. Okay, yeah, you might as well. Just eat healthy because it's all going to taste the same anyway. Right. All right. Uh, let's get to our recap of game two. We're going to hear from uh, manager Craig Council in just a couple of minutes here. If you guys want to jump in here, 414-799-1250. As the Brewers get the uh, doubleheader sweep today, it is, uh, you know, I would say the beat goes on, but I think I've used that theme just a couple of years ago. So I don't know. I don't know what to call it because – these guys are good, and they continue to show it. Now, will there be some tough losses? For sure. Uh, there will be some tough losses in the final 48 here, but 
especially when you're playing the Cubs, the, these are all big wins for me. <laughs> Not just because you keep the roll going here in 21, but it's just against that team. And so that's always a good thing. Okay, so you do get game two. Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot. Hmm. And hits an absolute missile for an out. Wow, when it rains, it pours. But that's a great sign here. See him square up a baseball like that. But Adamas then uh, follows that up with a base hit. Uh, A couple of strikeouts ends the threat into the bottom of the first inning. Um, Let's see. Ashby looks good. One, two, three, bottom of the first inning. Gets his first major league strikeout and gets his team into the second inning. Brewers in order in that second inning. Looks like the Cubs, by this point, you're, you're seeing the Cubs flash some uh, leather there and a couple of nice defensive plays through the first two racks against the Brewers' offense. Ashby allows a couple of singles in the bottom of the second, one on the infield, but no runs into the third inning of play. And after a Jackie Bradley Jr. strikeout, it was during the uh, Ashby at bat, they pull the tarp in a 1-1 count, and we sit. And again, we had the rain out yesterday, rescheduled day-night doubleheader, split version today, and uh, seven-inning jobbies. We got to sit and wait and wait and wait some more as the storms were moving through the Midwest. You guys uh, and, and myself and everybody kind of experienced that. Uh, here in Wisconsin as well. But an hour and 29-minute rain delay, that's good that they got it back going, though. If uh, you're already mounted uh, up and you're ready to go, and you might as well ride the horse. So that's what they did, an hour and twenty minute, 29 minutes. Uh, so no Ashby. You know, you know, you sit both starters out. You sit that long, you, you risk injury when you – cool down then got to got to heat back up like that. So Tyrone Taylor is going to pick up that 1-1 count. Uh he strikes out. Yelich then uh rolls over to first, then 0 for 2 for Yelly. Uh game scoreless bottom of the 3rd as Hunter Strickland comes off the COVID list and into the game. In his return strikes out the side in order. Hap Bodie Duffy Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Into the fourth inning, scoreless. Brewers, just a two-out base hit by Escobar. No runs, scoreless to the bottom of the fourth inning, and John Curtis in to pitch that bottom half. And we, uh, I, I don't think we've seen the best of John Curtis yet, folks. I hope we haven't. He does have one scoreless inning, one scoreless Uh, full inning in relief for the Brewers uh, after acquiring him. But, boy, he is met uh, by Patrick Wisdom, who hits a solo homer off him. One zip Cubs, one out later off Curtis, a base hit, a stolen base, an error moves him over to third. He's there with just the one out. Curtis, then a big strikeout. And then on the next hitter, uh, he goes full and then leaves the game to injury. So we'll get an update on that in a bit. Miguel Sanchez in, inherits the uh, count, full count to Vargas, gets him to swing and miss on the one pitch, sending the game into the fifth inning, one zip. Chicago with the lead. Brewers offense wakes up. 
big time in the fifth inning. Buckle in, because here's how it shook out. Luis Urias would lead off the inning with a double. One out later, how about Jackie Bradley Jr.? And Bradley turns one right field. That is off the glove of Fargus. Urias will score. Bradley into second. This game is all tied up. That double tied it up at one. Avi Garcia would then draw a walk. They would both move over, Bradley and Garcia, on a wild pitch. Second and third, one in. One out in a 1-1 game for Christian Yelich. Full count, second and third now. Yelich on the ground, off the bare hand of Ryan. Bradley's going to score. Yelich is out, but he delivers the go-ahead run. Brewers take the lead, 2-1. to one. Garcia stayed put at second base. Bradley was going on the crack of the bat, and Yelich credited with the go-ahead RBI. Well, just a great job. That pitch was off the plate away, and Yelich... Yeah, it was nice to get that ball in play, Christian Yelich, and uh, does knock in a run 0 for 3 to that point in the ball game. Uh, then an intentional walk uh, by the Cubs as they walk Willie Adamas to get to Omar Narvaez, and they pay for that. Narvaez up the middle of base hit. Garcia round third. He'll try to score. Throw is off the mark. Garcia scores. It's an RBI single for Omar Narvaez. Three to one, Milwaukee. What a beautiful piece of hitting there by Narvaez. Yeah, keep the line moving. Three to one at that point, and they weren't done yet. Escobar in to face the new Cubs uh, pitcher, and he comes through. Locations inside. He's thinking fastball. I don't want to get beat inside. That ball's hit hard to right down a base hit. Another run will score, Adamas, and a scamper back to second. Narvaez is safe, just got back. He was thinking about third, put up the brakes, and able to just get back. I'm sure the Cubs will want to have a look at this. It's an RBI single for Escobar. It's been a four-run inning. Brewers lead 4-1 to one now. Escobar second hit. There you go. That's the way to break it open right there. It then brought up Rowdy Telez, the ninth man to bat in the frame, and he comes through. Right after the Cubs scored, the Brewers answered. They've done it all year long. That's a shot. That is through. A base hit. Narvaez will turn and burn. He'll score, and the Brewers add one more to it. Another two-out RBI single. Rowdy Telez makes it 5-1. to one. Wow. And the rowdy chance from the Brewers fans at Wrigley. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they, you know, a few rowdy chants. I don't think it was anything crazy like, but uh, my goodness. Uh, so the Brewers take the five to one lead. It brought up uh, Luis Urias. Make it two for two in the inning for Luis Urias. 3-2 pitch, that ball in the air, left center, down, base hit. Another run will score, Telez to third. And it is a fourth consecutive two-out RBI hit. Luis Urias with a single. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall will have to wait another batter. It is 6-1. to one.
Yeah, they put up a six-pack in that fifth inning. Uh, Jace Peterson finally lined out to end the frame. Six hits, two walks, a wild pitch, six runs later. Crew in control, bottom of the fifth, six to one. Jake Cousins, a scoreless shutdown, bottom of the fifth inning after the Brewers put up that big number. A couple of strikeouts for Cousins. Between Hunter Strickland and Jake Cousins returned from the COVID list. They uh, each had a scoreless inning in relief in this game, too, with uh, combined five strikeouts in the performance. Brewers go in order in that uh, sixth inning, uh, including Yelich, a little tapper to the mound, 6-1 to one into the uh, bottom of the sixth inning. Yelich 0 for 4 on the night. Angel Perdomo out for the sixth inning. He's in all sorts of trouble. The good news, he did strike out a couple of men. But he walked three, gave up an infield RBI base hit. That made it 6-2. Council had to go get him. And he puts in Brent Suter, and Suter strikes out Contreras. Uh, He was the tying run at that point uh, in this ballgame. Brewers go in order in the seventh. Suter back out. Did allow a base hit, but uh, nothing after that. There's your final 6-3. I should say he gave up a run in that uh, seventh inning. There's your final 6-3. Brewers get the sweep, and we are going to hear from Craig Council uh, up next. And also, Kristen Yellis, before we hear from Council after the break, we will get into this uh, uh, comparison that I did find uh, regarding Yellich and, and how to handle this. So stick around for that. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame shows driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. Brewers win game 1-4-2. They take game 2-6-3. 22 games over 500. Seven games over the Reds in the Central. All good things. We'll be back here on The Fan. What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. All right, Craig Council's got to be pretty pleased with a couple of victories today as the Brewers take both games of this doubleheader today at the neighborhood dump on the north side of Chicago. And 4-2 is the final in game one, 6-3 in game two. And Corbin Burns is going to be on the on the bump for game three. So that's uh, those are all good things. Okay, now we'll get to... Just this Yelich thing, I want to make mention, uh, found this uh, yesterday and was going to bring it up, obviously, uh, rained out a little bit. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are wondering what's going on with Christian Yelich. I think Christian Yelich is wondering what's going on with Yelich. And and I will say this, that, um, you know, the, the leading him off today was just about two months too late. Uh, for me, at least, and and you recall listening to the show that we discussed uh, batting him leadoff. Uh, this was especially when Colton Wong was on the IL. That was the perfect opportunity to go ahead and get him some regular reps in that leadoff spot, seeing a few better pitches, just a little change, and see see what happens. So I've heard everything from he needs to sit the bench for a while to he needs to bat eighth. 
You got to move him down to, you know, my idea, like I said, bat him leadoff. Well, they did this because, you know, it's a hot day today. You, know, you didn't want too many of these guys playing both uh, both both pieces of this double header here. So, you know, Gabe Colton game two off, and, and you pop Yelly up there into the leadoff spot. Now, it didn't work. He did knock in a run, so we'll give him that. Um, but 0 for 4 on the day, now hitting 226. Uh, in the season, what is it, Evan? Did it update his on base? Because I think that was what three seventy seven, way more than respectable. So th- there's something to go on there. And a lot of people will say, "Well, bat him clean up," and well, he's just not knocking in runs. So I don't know if that's the best idea either. The, I don't have the answers. Go ahead, Evan. The on base is down to three seventy two. 372. Okay. With a and 352. That's still really good. It is. It's probably, I'd say, 50, 60 points above league average, but mm-hmm. that's slugging at 352. That's a good 60 points under league average. And that now, evens out. Now, he was part of the, uh, what, six run fifth inning in game two here. He did knock in a run. He was part of that. So we'll give him that. But at that time, guys, it was a 1 1 game, two on and one out. And really I've lowered my standards a little bit for what I expect out of Kristen Yelich this year, because it's been sort of that lost power season. There's no question about that. So I've lowered the standards to give me, give me a game impact changing swing once a week. And I think that's fair. And he had an opportunity tonight to get that done. At least he knocked in the run, got the ball in play. And, and again, we'll, we'll credit him for that. You know, there is another guy on, on the bump there trying to get you out. So, I, you know, I, I don't have the answer, but I can only tell you this, that the, the most paralleled situation that I could find was this, and that's Cody Bellinger. I'm not necessarily comparing the two, but it, I think it is a – I think it's a basically a fair comparison. You have the 2018 MVP. You have the 2019 MVP. Both of them struggling mightily. In fact, uh, Bellinger, now this is a little outdated. He was uh, just as uh, like 48 hours ago hitting 173 with his on base of 269. Now those numbers are even worse than what Christian has going. Slugging 308. When you're talking the MVP in 19. Uh, six homers, 22 RBIs, so that's fairly similar to Christian Yelich here. Uh, now, Dave Roberts, the manager, he's got his, the same hands full with Bellinger as, as Council has with Yelich. I think the reward in both situations are worth, you know, popping him in there and playing him. But this is how Dave Roberts uh, handled it, and this is what he had to say just the other day. He batted him eighth in a game the other day. Eighth, Cody Bellinger. I mean, Evan, what would you do if you saw the lineup tomorrow and Yelly was batting eighth? I would be shocked. I mean, I was shocked to see Lorenzo Cain hitting eighth. I don't I don't know what I would do if I saw Yelich there. We'll give it a focus tomorrow, and we'll talk uh, more about this offense uh, tomorrow because it, it's worth talking about. Because when you when you start stacking these guys in there, Wong, Adamas, you've got Escobar now, you've got Avi, Omar, Lorenzo Cain, Rowdy Telez, 
and Christian Yelich. There's your eight. Now you stack them in what order you want, but where does Christian go? Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, quote, here's what he had to say. Right now, where we're at on the schedule, we have to win baseball games. I need to put the best guys out there that I feel could win a ball game. I see the continued fight, the consistent work with Bellinger, and we expect good things to happen. We expect him to be a middle-of-the-order guy and carry us on the offensive side. I think that's not where we're at right now. And in fact, he's been, end quote, and in fact, he's been actually platooning him in a number of these games here. So I don't know if that's your answer that a lot of people are looking for as a platoon situation. I don't know if it's a moving down in the lineup situation. I don't know if it's a good matchup or splits on a given head-to-head on a regular basis that you, you have to look at it on a regular basis. I just don't have the answer for it. All I know is the reward is worth so much here that with 48 games left, you've got a a little time to play with Christian Yelich. You do. But at some point, like anything else, you've got a breaking point. You've got a put-up or shut-up point. You have a tipping point. All of this will come if this continues. But for right now, I just think you you keep them there in the 2-3 spot. I do. And I think it's an everyday thing. Doesn't appear to be injuries, physically at least. It doesn't appear that there's the back flare up. It doesn't appear anything is going on. I don't have an answer. All I know is I guess I do have an answer, and that is keep them right there, 2 or 3, and then move on and reset in another 10 days, 14 days, I think get towards September 1st. I'm not going to put a hard date on it, but I think if you get a heavy lean on September 1st and this doesn't change, and the, the numbers, again, guys, this, this is not even maintaining anymore. The numbers are going down. Evan, does that all make sense or is there is something I'm missing here? I think with a guy like Yelich, with how important he is to your lineup and your success, you have to try everything, absolutely everything. It's kind of like what the Bucks did with Eric Bledsoe. They tried everything, and it just wasn't enough. Now, I think comparing Bledsoe to Yelich is a little different because I think Yelich is much better. Right. But you have to try anything that can get his momentum back, whether it be, yeah, put him in a less stressful position in the lineup like eighth where people are going to want to pitch to him because the pitcher spot is up next. They want to save it and hope that maybe he gets some of those residual guys left on from higher in the lineup, Mm -hmm. and he gets going. That's the only thing you can think of. Maybe you put him in a strict platoon with Tyrone Taylor. Let Tyrone face the lefties and Yelich only plays against righties. Maybe you only play him three days a week. Let him rest. Maybe... It is his back. I think you have to try absolutely everything you can in these last this last month and a half before the postseason. Yeah, there's some that say if you, if you really do a side-by-side video comparison, it does look different than even back in 19. So, you know, before the, the knee injury. Um, and it looks dramatically different to some people. So, I... 
if I had to put my finger on it, this is a mental thing. This is a confidence thing. This is this is his first major challenge from probably the time he was seven years old. You could say he struggled in Miami a year or so, or certain you know windows of time, maybe his six weeks, and he really struggled there. But that's to be expected with a younger player, with a guy that's already proven it, that it can do some major damage against his peers and, and, and be above them. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow for some folks. And I'm not saying he's mentally weak or anything. I just think that there's might, might be a confidence thing. He needs to get through it. And the only way to get his numbers improved is for him to swing and hit the baseball. And the only way to do that is to be in the lineup. The reward is there, guys. It's the, the, the risk is so worth the reward if he gets going. Guys, could you imagine wrapped around Escobar and Avi and Willie Adamas and Wong and the rest of these guys? It is so worth it. We'll get more into the offense tomorrow. We need to have a conversation. We know the starting rotation is World Series worthy. Deep postseason run at the very least worthy. But how about the offense? Are they where? Where are they? You know, worth a, a, a deep run. Where's their worth in a deep run? Is it a World Series sort of value for this offense? It seems like they're getting better. It really does. It seems like they're brewing up some confidence as a whole. So we'll get into that tomorrow. But right now, let's get to uh, Craig Council. And again, as I said, he's got to be pleased with the doubleheader sweep. Craig, that that's such a long day. How much? easier is it to leave here having picked up a couple of victories uh yeah it was a long day for sure and um you know the, the guys that willie and esky and, and Micho that uh you know played both games for sure it was um you know a real kind of a mental test as much physical as a physical test today for them so um you know it's it's a good way to finish the day for sure um Suter got Brent got his first save, which is uh, you know, something to celebrate for sure. Um, after him being such a big part of what we're what we've been doing the last couple of years. So that was a fun way to end the night. That fifth inning, Craig, offensively was really an example of uh, of just keeping the line moving, like you'd like to say, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, we just we just had good at bats. Um, it was just a stringing stringing together a bunch of good at bats. Um, and uh, moving the line exactly, a um, bunch of big two out hits, and you know at the end of it, so it uh, was was a huge inning for us for sure. Um, put us in good shape. Craig, everyone was watching the same weather reports. Do you like go into the game knowing that this was potentially the way Ashby's day was going to go? It might get cut short. Yeah, I, I you know we were. I think we were. Everybody was hoping that the rain would come you know, 8.39, so we would be four innings or so into the game. Uh, I don't think you ever want to start a game and then 45 minutes, you know, have it stop for that long a period of time. But the weather's been unpredictable here the last two days. Um, you know, there, there's weather tomorrow, I think I heard. So we, we just, you know, you had to, we, we started and unfortunately it happened and both teams got put in the same spot. The outing was obviously shorter than he would have liked, but what did you think of the little bit that you did see of Aaron? Yeah, well, he, he was really good tonight. I, mean, I, I think he had a chance to pretty, go pretty deep into this game. I thought his stuff was excellent. Um, 
Um, and that's that's what we've seen. That's how he's been pitching in in uh, at Nashville. Um, so it was exciting to see. There was it was special stuff for sure. The ball, you know, hit when he's good. The ball's kind of moving all over the place, and sometimes it's not it's not doing the same thing necessarily, but it's moving a lot. That's what he he's good at doing is making the ball move a lot. Um, and so hitters kind of miss miss hit it, which I think we saw a bunch. You know, so you get choppers and things like that. Craig, what about um, you know getting Hunter and, and Jake Cousins back? You know, and just how how sharp they both were in their innings too. Yeah, we're gonna have spring training down in Georgia next year, I think, because they're obviously got a pretty good setup and and then can keep can get you ready. So um, that's uh, that's gonna be our alternate site, I think. Is there uh, any word on John Curtis and kind of the severity of that, if anything? No, we're going to, we'll see how he's doing tomorrow. Um, it was an elbow issue. He just felt some tightness there. So we got him out of there and uh, we'll, we'll see what it leads to. What about Avi too? Is his finger okay? Yeah, he's, yeah, Avi's fine. Yep. Craig, we've talked to you about Yelich, how the on base, you know, makes him fit at the top of the lineup. Can, can hit, hitting some at bats in the leadoff hole change the, look a little bit um yeah i mean he, he won't lead off tomorrow i mean it, this was just kind of without colton in there it, it fits so you know we, I, I think at this point we just you know after missing 11 days or whatever we, we just got to get at bats underneath him um kind of reminds me of how he came back you know he wasn't sharp coming back after the missing some time in the back so we just got to put some at bats underneath him um and get him there. So he's, you know, he's not locked in right now. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned um, Suter's first save, but uh, Miguel Sanchez first win through one pitch. Not a, not a bad outing, right? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that was his first win. One pitch, one one pitch and a win. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you know. Miguel's Miguel's done a really nice job for us this year. He's he's been, you know what what Suter has done kind of in the past for us is like a utility guy reliever almost who kind of described him as is what Miguel's done for us this year. Um, he's pitched in a lot of different spots and, you know, I, I think the one thing about Miguel, anytime you put him in the game, he's, he, he's ready for the, any, any situation doesn't, doesn't get situation doesn't get too big for him. Um, and he, he's been, a real steady enforced during all this craziness that's been going on with the bullpen. I don't, you know, honestly, when we called him up, you know, it was, we, I, I can't remember the situation we called him up, but the way he's pitched has, has made us keep him here. Craig, is it Corbin tomorrow? Corbin, Corbin tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's find out the play of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. On the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. All right, so you get two for the price of one here tonight with ABC Audio Video. That's ABC Audio Video, game one. It was a Brewers 4-2 to victory, and I think this was the biggest swing of the game here. The Brewers, you know, had uh, tied the game at one, 
And you're thinking, yeah, they need to put up some runs here. It's a little too nervous. It's mid-game. It's a man aboard for Avi Garcia. Garcia, high drive, deep left center. She's gone. Two-run blast for Avi Garcia. And just like that, the Brewers take the lead. That was a no-doubter by Garcia. Number 20 of the year for Avasail. Nice to hear some Brewers fans in abundance at Wrigley Field today. That is uh, that is really sweet. And again, uh, later on in the evening, that was earlier today, but later on in the evening, even a couple of rowdy chants for Rowdy Telez as he knocked in a run as part of a Brewers 6-3 victory. The other guy that did too, we were just talking about him. Score tied, 1-1. It's in the fifth inning. You need a big swing. Come on, Christian Yelich. Knock one out of here and give the Brewers some breathing room. Well, he didn't do that, but he did do this. Full count, second and third now. Yelich on the ground, off the bare hand of Ryan Bradley. He's going to score. Yelich is out, but he delivers the go-ahead run. Brewers take the lead, 2-1. to one. Garcia stayed put at second base. Bradley was going on the crack of the bat, and Yelich credited with the go-ahead RBI. Well, just a great job. That pitch was off the plate away, and Yelich. Yeah, and I, I think if Ryan doesn't put his uh, bare hand out there, they they may have a pop at uh, the play at the plate, and so at least you got the ball in play, and anytime you do that, you give yourself a chance, no doubt. The highlights from Valley Sports Wisconsin as the Brewers Take both ends of this day-night doubleheader and go to 22 games over 500 at 68 and 46. Um, they do have game three tomorrow. It's Corbin Burns. But the guy that started game two today, Aaron Ashby, I tell you what, they may have found David Stearns in that scouting department. Mm, they may have found a winner here. We're going to hear from the Brewers. A rookie left-hander after the break here. Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove here on The Fan. Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500. Yeah, we know what happened to Aaron Ashby in his uh, big league debut, right? That was against the Chicago Cub team, and they put up seven runs against him. However, Brewers offense and the rest of the team bailed him out with 15 unanswered. Tell you what, the more I think back, Evan, on that game, the 15-7 Brewers uh, victory over the Cubs, it might rank as one of my favorite – well, it does rank as one of my favorite victories over the Cubs ever. Now, the, the biggest one was game 163. I mean, nothing's going to outdo that one. Now, where does the game from two days before that 15-7, to where they put up a 10 spot in the eighth inning, where does that rank? <laughs> That's up there too. That is – that is my dad's a Cubs fan. That was maybe the maddest I have ever seen him – and his entire life. And I have done some things to make him very mad in his life. Well, there was a game. 
you may be able to find this. And we talk about big Brewers victories over the Cubs. There was a game I was at with some buddies. I want to say it was late 90s-ish. Jeff Jenkins was involved, and I don't remember too much of it. I was drinking quite a bit. We had really good seats. It was right near the uh, on-deck circle of uh, the Cubs, third base side at, uh, at County Stadium. And the Brewers were down four. I want to say they were down four zip in the ninth inning. So bottom of the ninth coming up. Brewers are down to the Cubs, four zip. And we were with, there was probably a group of five or six of us. And uh, two of which were Cub fans and really getting into me. Because they knew, even back then, I hated the Cubs as much as I do now. But it was a four zip Cub lead in the bottom of the ninth. And the Brewers walked that thing off 5-4. And I want to say it was late 90s, 2000 range, I don't know, somewhere in there. That ranks as one of my favorite, too. Now, maybe we'll check that out and find out the specifics on that. But Ashby did uh, have a much better performance tonight. Uh, the rain delay kind of derailed what may have been a uh, pretty good outing, but he had good stuff. 98 from the left side. Are you kidding? you got to be, uh, well, I know I am. I'm really happy with uh, Ashby's uh, performance. 23-year-old, 2018 fourth-rounder, uh, junior college selection. But uh, let's hear from the Brewers' left-hander after the Brewers' game two win. Aaron, I think we were all looking at the same weather reports going into tonight. Um, how much were you looking at that at all? And does that change anything as you go into this game? Um, no, I actually didn't look. I didn't even know it was supposed to rain. Um, my mom had kind of texted me this morning. You know, she flew in and she said the weather was a little bit shaky, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought that was just in Kansas City. So, um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't even know it was supposed to rain tonight. And therefore, you know, it didn't impact my start or the way I prepared or anything like that. Aaron, obviously it was a it was a shorter start than you would anticipate it, but do you feel you have to feel a lot better coming out of that one, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one feels a lot better than uh, last time being up here. So um, it's it's good to have some success up here, and um, it's, it's a lot of fun tonight. Was there any talk at all, Aaron, about having a chance to go back, or that's way too long? Like, where for you is kind of the cutoff? Yeah, so I think it was around like an hour um, since I pitched. Is kind of like the you know, the cutoff where they're not going to let you go back out there. I had been on the treadmill and um, doing some bands and weighted ball stuff um, down in the tunnel, um, staying ready, you know, kind of kind of simulating like innings and um, on and off. But it just it just got to, to the point where it's too long. Did you feel cheated having your first at bat cut off there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun, you know, being up there. Obviously, first big league at bat. Um, but that's all right. I'm not, I'm not necessarily here to hit. So um, we'll just have to get that one over with next time. Aaron, how much were you just looking forward to this opportunity after the last one? Yeah, a lot. I mean, ever since, you know, I was sent back down, um, now it's all, all I want to do is get back up here. Um, been working a lot down in uh, Nashville with, you know, pitching coach and everyone down there, or Jim, 
and uh, kind of got a, more of a routine and um, was more pointed and the stuff I was doing and the way I prepared and everything like that and um, paid off. Long day. I know for you, it was a short day, but for the team, it's a pretty long day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really long day. I think uh, bus from the hotel is at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. So I know these guys are wore out, uh, especially with the rain delay in the second game. Uh, it's, been, it's been a really long day at the ballpark for these guys. Aaron, what happened to the goggles? Um, so I was actually, when I came back out, I was going to have them back on. Um, it's just been in the early innings, they fog up really bad uh, because I sweat so much and like innings one through three. And then um, after that, it kind of settles down. And I, you know, don't sweat as much, I suppose. And then, uh, of course, the sun's down at that point and the shadows get pretty brutal for me. Um, you know, seeing, seeing the signs and stuff. And uh, so they, they, they were going to come on in the inning three there. What's on tap for the crew? What pitcher starts the next one? It's time for some forward thinking on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Okay, so you turn the page. Uh, I think you've dug out a little bit out of the uh, debacle that was a misplayed fly ball on Saturday. That was my fear. You know, you lose the next day, you lose the series. Then you get a rain out, and then you get more inclement weather. Then you got to, you know, make some roster moves. You've got a double header, and that, you know, it's always a little bit of a crapshoot as well. And I, I was just wondering if, if it were going to take just a little more time to dig out of that really, really disappointing loss on Saturday. So it didn't take all that long. They win, you know, the next two after that series. And, you know, all told, they've won three of their last five. So as, as bad as it may have looked uh, over the weekend against the Giants, you know, they re they've recovered, and the window still looks nice. 22 games over 500. they They've won three of their last five. There's seven games over the Cincinnati Reds with 48 to play here in the 21 championship season. They're looking at a couple of games against the Cubs and then three in Pittsburgh and you would uh, think that there would be some su success in uh, these these next five games at least. So things looking a lot better than they did on Saturday night and Sunday afternoon, that's for sure. Uh, tomorrow it is uh, Corbin Burns back on the hill on regular rest, Evan. Yeah, the worst ERA of the Brewers' big three with a just massive 2.39 ERA wow. in 19 starts. A 6-4 and four record for Corbin Burns. Matched up against former Cy Young Award winner, uh, having an awful season. Jake Arrieta, 5-10 with a 6.34 ERA. Wow. He's faced the Brewers three times this season. Two losses and a no decision. His last outing, one and two-thirds innings, six runs, three earned. The good luck charm is Aaron Ashby. It's hard I mean to argue with the stats. <laughs> Two games that he has started this year, the Brewers are undefeated. That's right. We don't need to talk about him only going two and two-thirds innings. Whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever helps your team win, and he has done that. That is it. All right, so uh, tomorrow, first pitch, 7.05, weather permitting. That's crazy. 
Uh, after the last pitch, you make the switch. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. We'll talk to you then. For Evan Heffelfinger, my name is Tim Allen. Have a great night. Enjoy this one. A sweep of a doubleheader over the Cubs. And smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.